0: Have you ever wondered how to show up as your best version of yourself? No matter what life throws at you, you are not alone. I've spent the last six years on the comeback trail after getting fired as a burned out workaholic who missed her first candlelight wedding anniversary. When life gets tough, there's always a choice, give up or show up. So how do you forge an inspiring leadership without the overwhelm completely from scratch? Join me in my quest to bring you the stories, strategies, and tips you need to inspire you to succeed. I am Priyanka khandarkar and this is Show Up With Priyanka. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Show Up With Priyanka, and this is your host, Priyanka khandarkar I am so excited to welcome today's guest, who is coming from, logging in from St. Croix, and she's Amy Rose Herrick, and she's America's profit-building specialist. She's number one Amazon best selling author of the book. There are two books. The first one was Pack Faith First, and the second one is called Suitcase Second, A Decade of Miracle from 50. I love that. And Amy is living the dream with her family as a part of her Caribbean life do-over after selling or giving away everything to move to St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands in 2011 with no family, friends, or job to go to. I just love that, Amy. You are living Mm -hmm. what you call a perfect lifestyle or nomadic
1: life. (laughs) So welcome to my show today. Oh, it's good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm too. I'm so honored to have you here, Amy. So before we go in, Amy, I always ask my guest about what are your core values, which drives your every decision, which drives your, like your life, your everyday, like what are those?
1: I would say the first one is, does it lift somebody up? Because, you know, all of us need a hand up at some point, And sometimes it's a little bit, does it lift someone up? Is it encouraging? Is it helpful? Because if you do all of those things, it makes life easier, but you also feel good about what you're doing.
0: I love that. And I think asking those questions when you're going to bed at night and really feeling fulfilled is so important. I love that. Thank you for sharing, Amy. And I feel like um, that also helped us to like make sure the next day we start with a good note because sometimes we can make mistakes, right? But I think to be aware mm-hmm. and going back to our core values and really seeing that if it is aligning or not is so important. So Amy, I would love to know, like, what is your backstory? It's probably very long. You have lived, lived many years living this life. But if you have to say it in like three to four minutes, like, what what is the story which you are, which got you where you are today?
1: Oh, I I will just condense it way down. Um, I became an entrepreneur in grade school when my brother taught me how to pick up night crawlers out of the yard and sell them to the bait store. And I had more money than any of the kids in the neighborhood. So wow. we'll start with that. Well, I was raised by a single mom. There were four of us. Mm-hmm. Things, I ended up graduating school early, um, did not end up going to college, but I ended up going and getting my CHFC, which is a chartered financial consultant degree many, many years later. I have run offices, I have owned businesses, bought businesses, sold businesses, and grew businesses. I'm working on a a couple of different things now at this point. I enjoy being author, mom of six kids. If it touches finances, that's mm-hmm. what I've done for over three decades. So if it deals with cash flow, I'm an ins- I've been an insurance agent. I sold my securities practice where I managed portfolios in 2016. After 25 years, we had a perfect storm in our family uh, with a couple of generations. I made a decision as I jumped on a plane in less than 24 hours to sell my business. And I've always taught people. Mm -hmm. You build your business day one to be sellable on the day you want to sell it because you don't know when that is. Mm -hmm. I touched down and I already had a plan and I had a contract and my business was sold with my first check in hand within six days. Wow. So... If it touches money in your background and and dealing with things, and I enjoy teaching classes, um, I do some of those here locally for AARP on financial resilience. Mm -hmm. So that's my background. If it touches money and helps an individual or builds a business up, that's Mm -hmm. what I do very well.
0: I I love that. So it's like, uh, and when you were talking about your CFA, like my father also did that quite early because he has a business degree in finance and then he did CFA so I was like oh (laughs) but uh, it's so interesting Amy like all the different varied kind of like various different kind of businesses you had and I love that like setting up your business at the start thinking that it will be getting sold in future and uh, something I was struggling with too Amy when I was naming my companies like Mm -hmm. what it should be like my company's is called Scaling to Grow LLC. And then I made my web- website as scale up with Priyanka. Like someone told me, have your brand name there. What do you think about that, Amy? I just want to know from the perspective of like selling and you have sold so many times.
1: Well, there, I'm even back up the train a little further. I, I advise and suggest to a lot of people when you're starting out, the mm-hmm. first thing I got to know is, is your domain available that you want? I mean, you, you're going to come up with a whole variety of titles of what you could be. but is your domain available available? And then immediately go check. What does it look like? Can you trademark it? Because Mm -hmm. if you can't get the domain name or you don't want to spend what it asks and you can't do a deviation and the trademark isn't available, you are done. Shut that door, move on, go to a different one. Now, if you can secure those two, Mm -hmm. great. Now we got to do a logo. And when you do your logo Branding, we're going to be so tempted. And I tell people this you're going to get this amazing thing from the designer because that's what they do. (laughs) Yes. And it's going to have colors on it. It's going to be beautiful and you're going to fall in love with it. Now, I want you to take it and I want you to make it a trans black on a transparent background. And I want you to put it on a white background and see what it looks like. Mm. Now, I want you to do it in white on a black background. I want you to reverse it. because you are not always going to be able to do your logo in color Mm -hmm. and you're going to want to be able to use it. And if you can't, if you've got the domain, you've got the trademark and now you've got the logo, you're going to be using these for a really long time. Yes, And especially that logo, you need to be able to put it on different color backgrounds and it gives you a lot more flexibility. And I think sometimes people get so hung up on a name that, (laughs) <laughs> I got to get you off the name to make sure the pieces fit before we spend any energy on it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to pick something and then get a cease and desist order. That's yeah, not yeah. good. No. And you don't want to get all those graphics and everything going and going like, wait, that's not going to work. No. Now what do I do? Yeah. Yep, so, yep, so I yep. backed you up a little bit, but <laughs> na- only. And uh, so I do people- have the domain.
0: I do have the domain of everything.
1: <laughs> okay. So get the trademark, mm-hmm. get your trademark doesn't cost that much money and um, and make sure you secured it and it's yours mm. because somebody else can come in and you haven't trademarked it you may have a lot of stuff out there mm-hmm. but they trademark it and then they come back and say you know what you can shut down now and I will ride on your success and there's oh nothing God. you can do
0: wow Thank you. And I, thank you for like your wisdom, Amy. And I think this is so important. Sometimes that's why I love doing interviews because I'm around you, like who is a seasoned entrepreneur who has been there for long. And I'm learning, like I'm doing this interview mm-hmm. for our listeners, but I'm sure there are some listeners who wanted to hear this today. So thank you for sharing that, Amy. So going back to your story, touching money mm-hmm. and finances, I would love to know, like when you started your first time being an entrepreneur, what was the struggle like? Like, what did you face and and it is something no one knows about, but it is i'm gonna I'm so gonna
1: go to when I was an adult because as a kid it was just really simple I had a red wagon it was easy <laughs> so as an adult, I had a background that was in cost accounting inventory control um, mm-hmm. Hr office management mm-hmm. um, you know a, a lot of different things that were complementary yeah and I was brokering CDs across the country. I built my own book from absolutely nothing. I watched the guys do it, and I'm not picking on you, man. I'm really not. You're (laughs) wonderful. I have a husband. I love him. But I watched what the guys were doing, and I was the office manager, and I went, I could do that so much better. And it was on commission. Mm -hmm. And so I switched over from being a salaried person to a total commission person, which is usually pretty terrifying for a lot of women, but it's a way to be paid and overpaid for what you can do. That led me to looking at it and going, I don't know that I want to work for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had reached out to a gentleman who was helping with with my own investing because I could deal with multi-million dollar blocks, but Mm -hmm. that's not what I had. To work right with. yes and we were starting our family and things he mm-hmm. kept saying I think you can do this I think you can do this mm-hmm. I said I'll take your stupid aptitude tests and I went in and I aced it and I said wow I could do this yes <laughs> it was when I moved from being that salaried that first step was going to a commission only which took away a safety net okay mm-hmm. I, I learned to fly without the safety net and then leaving that, I started over again Mm -hmm. and built a customer base from nothing, but I'd already done it once, Mm -hmm. but building that second customer base in an completely different endeavor. And I also bucked the company system. I refused to build my customer base from friends and family. There were a couple I knew that I could help, but beyond that, I refused to do it that way. And I did some pretty unorthodox things by their methods, mm-hmm. but being a female in a very male-dominated industry, I could do it any way I wanted because yeah. I did not have to follow the male suit and tie pattern. I'm a woman. I was a mom. Yes, um, I had owned, you know, I I had background. So I'd say the hardest thing was starting over, building a client base from nothing the second time, and thinking of unusual ways to do it, to get the attention I wanted from the market I wanted, Mm -hmm. and then bringing them in and being able to grow a business from there. So it it was a very different, very different. And again, you know, I threw away, I had a safety net, threw it away. Then I had a Mm -hmm. safety net and I threw that away too. Mm -hmm. I have learned that you don't always have to have a safety net to succeed. It's nice, it's helpful. You gotta have a little money in the bank. But if you believe in what you can do and you're good at it.
0: I love that advice. Amy. And I feel like these two things, which is the grit and resilient being both of those, like come up with like, like your own story. I can totally see that. Like mm-hmm. we have to take risk. Like as an entrepreneur, we take risk every day. And sometimes, yes. as you said, the word believe, like believing in yourself and your work is so important when you're taking this decision and being resilient, I love this story, Amy. And I feel like I could connect to so many part of it in my own story because I, as I stepped out of my own six figure engineering role in, of course, male dominated. Like I, sure. when I was even working there, I knew that there's something special about me which everyone else felt. Like I was always the. Intention and authentic leader even if I don't have a Mm -hmm. title I was always always embodying like I was always in that so I feel like I had to step out of that because I believed like this entrepreneurship journey is for me and I think that confidence shows up when you believe and I think that is so important so thank you for sharing that Amy so Amy I want to like really go a little bit of chat tangent here and I want to know about what is your business today like what do you offer to your clients because you have these two books like mm-hmm. there's this second book which i which is so intriguing like i really want to Learn from there. You said a decade of miracle from fifty. So I'm assuming yeah, you're telling 50, your yeah. own. You're telling your own story of experiences from fifty years. I'm assuming is is that
1: right? It's actually one book, and it's actually it's it's um pack faith first, suitcase uh-huh. a second. A mir- a decade of miracles after fifty. It's combined in one, okay. and that really chronicles my journey from living in the Midwest and what happened to cause us to move to the Caribbean in less than a year. And now we've been here for a decade and all of the amazing things that have happened. It is a book that I wrote to be encouraging and faith building for individuals because we really did it on faith. And before that... I have, I think, six books. I think there are six books that I have written. Some of them are on business topics. One was kind of fun. I went on a uh, sailing trip with some friends of ours, and I wrote some haiku with the pictures and some of the sites that we were seeing. I sent it to my mother, who was in a nursing home at the time, and her staff just said, oh, you got to put this in a book. This is like a vacation. And so I have one that ended up being haiku poetry and pictures that I... (laughs) <laughs> Never would have dreamed, so but it's it's been fun in doing that type of of things. We we all have a journey, and I think there are many many people who have books within them, not only on their business knowledge, yes. but also on the personal basis. And yes. so I'm I'm a big proponent of if you have a book in you, it's not that hard to get it out. Mm-hmm. But share <laughs> it because I don't I don't want that story. To be lost.
0: Yes. Oh my God. And you know, like Amy, you have so many books in like you have done. And I just Mm -hmm. launched my book in March and it's actually called Wings of a Woman. I saw that. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, like when you said like this book in you, of course, I just wrote like one story in there, but now I'm mm-hmm. already thinking about the next book. It's so interesting yes. when you write one book and uh, you're like, oh, I should also, because people give you feedback. They want to hear this. They want to hear yes. that. And uh, interestingly, my client is actually a writing coach too. So, mm-hmm. so I always come across people who are like sharing their beautiful heart, sharing their powerful stories, intimate, like inspiring stories. And I'm looking forward to reading yours.
1: <laughs> well, and, and let me encourage some of you would-be writers out here, because we don't, we don't know who's in the listening audience, but I know, I know we've got some. Don't think that you have to write a novel that is three inches thick like War and Peace. There are individuals who can tell their story in a little four-by-seven book that is maybe 60 pages and you could, you could share the wealth of your knowledge or your, your concept, whatever it is in a little book, you may need a little bigger book, Mm -hmm. but don't feel that you have got to have this, this enormous manuscript in order to make a difference. Mm -hmm. You don't. Yeah. So, so, So even if you need to start small to get that little bit of confidence, Mm -hmm. And one of the series that I did, I wrote a book that was 25 questions to ask your life partner. And this was designed because with a lot of the financial clients I worked with, I, you know, would include doing the meeting before you ever got married. Mm -hmm. And I was an unhappy statistic where 50% of the people that I had them set down before they were getting married to really go over some financial stuff, didn't get married Mm. because these were things they'd never talked about. Mm -hmm. So I I wrote the book and then I got my feedback and it was wow I wish you'd write this for people who were marrying a second time. Well, that was Different because Mm -hmm. now you're coming in often with families or you know baggage you're a little older Some things are different. I wrote that when it was amy. I am retired I found the person I really wish you'd write one of these for those of us who are retired because again It's a very different dynamic So what I when you're talking about your book what started as one totally. became three. Wow! And so with the with the amazing stories that you have for the women that are in yours, that may be that this is book one. I don't. I bet you will not have a problem <laughs> finding fifteen more inspiring women.
0: Yes, totally. That you could
1: write about. So I, I could see that very much becoming a series because there are so many incredible stories that you could tell, even if mm-hmm. they, even if they can't really tell it on their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, Amy. Like this book is all about our pain and how it transformed into like finding our purpose and finding our voice. And we were thinking about, oh, let's write, because we are all business owners. We're like, Let, let's write next book on business or something. So it was mm-hmm. very interesting as you were saying, like, and uh, I'm a system person. Like I work with visionaries, but I'm a system person. I go and break down. And as I as you said, like writing book is not not a big task, but it looks like a big task. But like when you go it's like not. systemized, it, it, you can break it down. And as you said, like 12 questions, what are those 12 questions? Answer those in a chapter. Like, it's so interesting, like how you can do these things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the other thing is, obviously, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy, you know, the live interaction, but I can only, you know, work with, you know, one or a few people at a time and have a meaningful conversation. The other company that I have built out is called The Secret Profits. And The Secret Profits, I took the time out. I have videoed 35 different business topics to help individuals to increase their bottom lines and teach them what will never show up in a business plan Mm -hmm. or what nobody has ever told them so that business owners can make more money. Mm -hmm. And with doing that, oh, sorry about that. that is that. And with some of them, I have workbooks that I put with it so that you can give you the physical formulas to work this down mm-hmm. so that you know the right answers. Mm-hmm. And then it's transferable and it's evergreen. So once you have learned the concept, you got it.
0: I love that. So Amy, I would love to know like, who is your ideal client? Because I know like people who are starting in the business right now who are like, or maybe it's not even for business owner, maybe it's for someone who is like like family oriented, like starting their life as a with a partner. Or is it for someone who is at the business at like 250K or 1 million? Is like is there, does it need to be a specific like metrics on their revenue? Like they need to learn this. Like that's what I want to ask you. Like, who is this course for?
1: You know, and in business, we know you always have to have a target market. Yes. I have a wide target market because it isn't really designed for only one. And the reason that I built it with so many different components is that businesses are at different levels. Mm -hmm. If I had a business that was starting out, and you may have been an excellent person, but you haven't been an employer yet. One of the courses that I have is how to correctly price your employees and what that is in a line item. So if I'm starting out in the business, and this is all new to me, There's the hard costs, which are your hourly and you've got FICA and you've got a few other things, but then there's the soft costs. Well, what does it cost for me to give this person the tools that they need? Do they need training? They need supplies. And then I take it even to the third level. Mm -hmm. What is my overhead cost? So for instance, if I have five people working in this space what does that person cost me for the space they're sitting in? Now, when I'm doing my line items and trying to build my budget, if I only price my employee by the hour, Mm -hmm. I have drastically underestimated what that employee has cost me. Mm -hmm. So that can be very helpful for someone really getting down and then that affects how you could price your services, but you got to know that number so you can make a profit and i've got another one that is is good for anybody is advertising must give you roi return on investment mm-hmm. before you do an advertising program you need to know mm-hmm. is this going to give you a return on investment or is this going to cost me my profits mm-hmm. then you can have business owners that are at the other spectrum who are i have one course that is age 62 plus you got to know this before you touch a dime of social security or passing the business to the next generation -hmm. Or not. Mm -hmm. And everywhere in between, these topics were specifically designed to target an area and help you increase your bottom line by 10 to 100,000 or more Mm -hmm. because we all master one thing at a time. Sometimes you can do parallel tracks, but generally you have to master one thing and be able to build on that foundation to do something else. Mm -hmm. And I built this to help business owners because I see them. And I work with women when they're struggling so hard that if they just had a little bit here or they mastered this, it would be part of the transformation that will happen over time. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for business owners. My best business owner is, are you teachable? Mm -hmm. Because if you are teachable, I can give you the tools to be more profitable, Mm -hmm. but I cannot help anybody who's not teachable.
0: I love that. And I think that's also something we look into people we want to work with are like, are they coach, but also are they coachable? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think so important, so important, Amy. And I love that, like how you have different programs for like different things. Like, like, I think the learning about cost is so important. And it is so interesting. Like this week, I actually sat with the bookkeeper of my client and we were looking at all the transaction which happened and making sure we are putting the right category because sometimes I can't define a CEO pay how much they took if I don't know what is the the business expense and personal expense done correctly. Like that's so hard. And right now I'm helping to set up her KPI metrics for finance for weekly, quarterly, and uh, yearly or monthly. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I need to know, we need to get this right, the foundation right first. And then only we can do that. So I love that you touched on those spaces. And it's so important to understand this cause because I have seen so many entrepreneurs Amy, who doesn't love to talk about numbers. Like they don't like to talk about finances. Like it's something they want to like, oh, but I think that's so important to know your health of your business. Like so important. I, oh,
1: let me give one real concrete example. And it's an example, I use quite a bit. There was a business that decided to offer a new service. Very common. Mm-hmm. What do people do? Well, they call and see what is everybody else charging for this? Let's look around. And then and then we got a number because we didn't really dig any further. There it was selling. They mm-hmm. sold a whole bunch of them but they were losing money and they cannot understand this. This makes no sense. My gross is going up, but why are my profits going down? Mm -hmm. Didn't take me very long. You know, we can go through and find this and, oh, we got to reprice your employees. Let's see where the problem is here. I -hmm. think I, you know, here was the problem. The problem was when you really priced out the employee and a little bit other stuff you had, it cost $198. It cost Mm -hmm. $198 to provide this service. You're only charging 150. So every time you sell it and you get excited, (laughs) you threw $48 out the window. Mm -hmm. How many times can you do that before you're bankrupt?
0: Right. Um, (laughs) And
1: so it it was little. Mm -hmm. The little thing was we've got to price this correctly Mm -hmm. And you can make money. But then the question became, now let's get right down to it. Your competitors are charging 150. They're not doing exactly what you're That does not mean they're making money and we don't care if they are or not. Because you want to make money. Stay in your
0: lane, stay in your
1: lane. (laughs) But here's your other, okay, now let's get real here. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to increase the price 33% to $200 Mm -hmm. so that you can make $2 in profit? Mm. Now, if you sell... Two hundred of these this month, right? <laughs> You're going to make four hundred dollars. So I'm going to ask you: mm-hmm. Is this for two dollars a profit each? Right. Worth doing? Yes. Such a. And if it's not, yep. <laughs> we need to just let it go and replace it with something else that is much mm-hmm. more profitable to you. And so every every little area. I mean, I even have an area. Um, you know, that I work through the talk about wasted space. Mm-hmm. You don't think about wasted space because it's just part of the view. How mm-hmm. much does wasted space cost you? Mm-hmm. When you put a number on it, wow, it, that wasted space looks completely different. I find that many entrepreneurs were extremely talented in whatever it was that they left the corporate world in order to go into the entrepreneur world. Mm-hmm. But not being an owner is a handicap when they first get started because they had no idea that I I jokingly tell them you know what you really did is you became a full-time asset manager. Mm-hmm. You think that you're an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> you think that you're a marketing <laughs> specialist. No. You're an asset <laughs> manager all the time. You're the manager of your time which is an asset, your talents mm-hmm. which is an asset, your cash flow is an asset, maybe your yes, equipment yes. and entrepreneurs don't really get told that when you become an entrepreneur, you're a full-time asset manager and they're all your assets.
0: Yeah. And you can be a big bottleneck if you, if you are not on top of the assets. Mm -mm. (laughs) So I think Amy, like you said something about 33% increase in that example. Is that normally, will you tell people to like, when you're increasing the price, do you do 33%? I have heard like 20%. Like, no, no, it depends.
1: It depends. it depends because okay. I have dealt with, all right, because I deal with a variety of individuals and, and situations. We've mm-hmm. had individuals that I back it up and they own rental property. I mm-hmm. think you should make money if you own rental property. Why are you losing money on this rental property? Why do you, why are you doing that? If you put this money in an investment, you'd expect it to make a return. Mm-hmm. So I've asked owners of rental property, well, what kind of a rate of return do you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a number. Mm -hmm. I want to make 10%. Okay, well, let's see what the rent has to be. I love it, yes. Let's see what the rent has to be for you to make a 10% return after all the expenses. Mm -hmm. Now, am I including the taxes? So -hmm. you want a net 10% or is this gross 10%? Because see, those are very different numbers.
0: Yes, totally. And,
1: And coming back and saying, all right, now that we have this, will this property support this level Of rent. Do you have to do something to it or is it you need to gradually bring it up? And Mm -hmm. if there is no way this property is ever going to give you the return that you need, we need to let go of the property, Mm -hmm. get rid of the black hole, and go find a cash cow. They're out there. Yes. yes, And so when I say a lot of the dynamics on what I work with are applicable to a business, but you know, owning rental properties is indeed a business. Mm-hmm. and it, why be in business if you're not going to make a profit breaking even and losing money is never enough no you can't no. if you want to volunteer if you want to work for free yeah and do you want to lose money <laughs> yeah just go pick somewhere and go volunteer pay mm-hmm. all your expenses traveling back and forth buy all your lunches do whatever and just show up for free and then you can leave at the end of the day and have no responsibility mm-hmm. i i just Really hammer on business owners: Don't buy into the lie that you're not going to make any money in your business for two to three years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? Th- there's no law Enough. that says <laughs> you have to lose money for three years. Yes, build yeah. the dynamics a little bit differently. I don't care if it's a small profit at first. Mm-hmm. I'd love to build a business to lose money. No, no. no. And it's so
0: interesting. Like when I do the financial breakdown, I love the way you also like, okay, what is the return of investment you want? Like the 10%? I love that approach too. The way I normally do is, okay, what is your goal? And then break it down what you're offering. And then looking into like how many we can serve, the capacity and then pricing it. And sometimes I have to do like a mindset, Mm -hmm. work with them to increase the price because they don't see their own worth sometimes like what they're providing the value. And I think it's uh, something which entrepreneurs also get stuck in and eventually they'll lose a lot of money. So I think that's such an important thing, Amy. And I always tell my clients like, hey, don't make decisions on finances from emotion.
1: No. It's all number game. <laughs> so, it is. And that's why I have found it was very effective with most people that I worked with to find out where their mindset was to ask, what do you expect your investments to earn? What do you expect your return on your retirement account to be? And mm-hmm. if, they, if they tell me, well, two or 3%, that tells me they are not much of a risk taker and they're really looking for something more guaranteed. Mm -hmm. If they're saying, well, it has to be averaging at least 12 to 15%, or I'm going to fire my investment guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why isn't your business earning at least this or more, or we need to fire you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is a real wake up call on on individuals, because that I have found is a a good benchmark of asking them what's their expectation. I love that. And that that. may help you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we covered a lot today, Amy. We went into so many different places and I see that you also have a free ebook for people to like just log in and find it. And they can also get on a free discovery call, which is like priceless, I'm sure. Anytime Mm -hmm. with you is priceless. So, and if they want to get this free ebook, they go to www.thesecretprofits.com. And can you tell a little bit about what this ebook has?
1: What I I did just to get you started is I put together seven easy ways that you can increase your bottom line that just about anybody can do. And Mm -hmm. with putting those in, it's starting to get you to open up that mindset that there are ways that you can increase profit that don't have anything to do with adding staff, buying more inventory, or changing your location. Because Mm -hmm. if we can control what I will say, the money that you already have on premises, Mm -hmm. we got to have sales because sales fund everything. But we have to be really good stewards Mm -hmm. Of all of the money that you have the option to leverage. And I put that together and you can download that. It's absolutely free to be of help. And then there's a button there that if they'd like to book a discovery call or they just want to call and say, hey, I've got some questions. I don't know if you can help me or not. It's 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're free to book that. I will do my best to try to help you. I cannot give you three hours. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can give you a little bit to see if I can help. And if I don't have the answers or I've got an idea, then I'll try and refer you to where we can get you the help you need because Mm -hmm. we need you to be profitable. We, um, before the pandemic, the statistics were at least 30% of the businesses were losing money. I'm sure it's higher. And at least 30% of the businesses were barely breaking even. That's 60% of our businesses. Wow. We can't afford for 60% of you to fail early on. And then when you look at the statistics that only I saw 9% of businesses are around in 10 years, Mm -hmm. we've got to increase that. And the only way we can increase that is if we teach you how to be more profitable and sustainable longer. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have a unique niche that I can do for so many businesses because of my background in so many areas but you know, it's taken me over three decades to learn and to do this. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I can sh- I can cut off the learning curve and save you a lot of money by just putting it in front of you.
0: Yes, or I love you can that. Do it the other way, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just love that what you just said. Like three decades, is so much. Like I have like a twelve years of experience, and mm-hmm. I'm still learning. I think as a, and I'm sure you are still learning too. Like mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, we never stop and uh, and how this can help someone who is in the place where they have these gaps or where you and I can come in and help because they can, as you said, they can save so much money in their own business, but also their mental. Like there's so many mm-hmm. other things like stress, which shows up in different ways. Like I think we just have to look into like different ROI, like return on investment, return on money, but also return on time and like return on cost. And like, I think, Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much, uh, like nothing can be like what do you call measured as time and money sometimes, but it's also your own stress mm-hmm. level and that can lead to health issues. And if your health is not good, then nothing is good in life. So I think it's no, like, it's so and, interesting.
1: <laughs> and I, I am sure where you started out 12 years ago, mm-hmm. you are now at an entirely different learning and experience level than you were then. Totally. Even five years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, five years from now, you will be at an entirely different level because the world continues to change. Mm-hmm. Tax laws change, opportunities, technology. Technology is absolutely incredible. Yes. Uh, most of us look back and say, oh, I couldn't operate like I do now 10 years ago. It was just unfathomable. Mm-hmm. So you need to learn to align your people you know, or align with those who can help take you to the next level. And I heard someone uh, kind of did it. It was rather funny. You know, if you're a second grader, mm-hmm. a fifth grader is like a God. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. You know, they are so wise and they know so much. Mm-hmm. And you get a fifth grader who's looking at a senior in high school. Oh, you know. <laughs> They're just amazing. So all throughout our life, we're a lot like that second grader. Mm -hmm. There's always somebody a little higher up on the grades who could teach us a lot. And they're like a God, if we could just spend a little time with them.
0: Yes. I love that, Amy. And I, I feel, and I'm, I just spent a time in Miami for a four days mastermind and I just learned so much like by networking Mm -hmm. and I feel like and I was like oh I need that knowledge as you were saying the second grader looking at the next level so I did have those moments and I think that's how we are as an entrepreneur we are like always learning we are just like hungry for knowledge and like Mm -hmm. just making sure we are getting all the capabilities and skills to become that next level of person so I love Amy for you to come to my show today but I have this rapid fire at the end of the show. So would love to, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what is your favorite book other than your book? What is your favorite book?
1: (laughs) Mm. I have read so many. Um, It's probably not the one you're thinking. Um, There's this little antique book that I have. Oh, you jigs. It's OU Jigs, but it's a little Episcopalian girl at the turn of the century, and she wrote all of these incredible little SV, OU Jigs and Juleps. And I pull it out every once in a while, just when I need to laugh, because it was a very different world, and she was quite a sassy little thing for her age, and it's just so funny to read. (laughs) It, It always makes me laugh, OU Jigs and Juleps.
0: Oh, love it. I probably have to get the name from you later to put yeah. in the show notes, but oh my goodness, I want to... You
1: know, it. you don't have to concentrate on the characters or anything. And I, yeah. I read some of those. I like Clyde Cusler, and I like some others, but ye Jigs and Juleps always makes <laughs> me smile. I love that.
0: So Amy, since you're from finance background, if someone mm-hmm. has like just starting in business and want to get a tool which will help them in their business, what will be a tool or... Like, of course, you a free ebook they should get and That's also your program. <laughs> but what is the other thing you know that they need to have established in their business when they're starting up?
1: I, I would go back to your domain, mm-hmm. your trademark and your logo, okay. because everything you do is going to revert around those things. Every bank account you open, every piece of marketing that you do, whatever products you decide to sell, I'd say those three.
0: I love that. And what you will say, someone who is already at two fifty k mark, what will Mm -hmm. be the finance decision they need to make or they need to have in their business?
1: Is your business sellable? Mm -hmm. Love it. Because um, a lot of entrepreneurs are what I will call serial entrepreneurs. You love your baby for a while but then you have another baby that you'd like to have. (laughs) And if you have this business sellable, when you're ready to sell it, then you can let go of that and you can pursue that other opportunity. Mm -hmm. Or like in my case, when I let go of the securities practice, I retained some other things, but I let go of it because it was very time consuming. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a perfect storm in my family. I mean, I had a mother-in-law who had breast cancer. I had a father-in-law who was having massive strokes. We, uh, you know, there, there were other things that were happening in my own home. And, and I was like, I, something's got to give here. Family has to come first. Mm-hmm. I will let go of this piece. Mm-hmm. And I let go of it because I needed to let go of it. Mm-hmm. And But it was sellable. So I'd say when you're at the 250 level, that business by now better be sellable so that if you need to let go, you can, or if you want to let go, you can. And there's nothing more frustrating than someone being in that position and not having a sellable asset. And your only other option is to just close the doors and lose it all.
0: I love that. I love that, Amy. And another thing is it went longer today, but the last thing I want to know, like if some, someone goes at like seven figure, what you will say would be the most important, like other than, of course, seven
1: figures, you should have already had all of your estate planning in place. You are a cash create cow. Mm -hmm. um what have you done to assure the viability of the business do you have a buy sell agreement in place that is funded Mm -hmm. so that at your death or disability i work on those two i have a book for that um on death or disability how are we going to keep this business so it continues to grow and your legacy doesn't die along with you or implode because all of the employees are leaving a sinking ship because Mm -hmm. nobody's in charge You also have to have your tiling of assets and things in place. Uh, You need to have things in the event of a divorce, disability, you Mm -hmm. know, or some things. So you really should have a very solid uh, succession plan. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You should already have your plan to be able to sell the business. And then that also kind of ties in with what's your exit strategy from the business? Are you going to retire from this business? Uh The business selling the business is not your retirement. And a lot of owners make the mistake of not funding the retirement. And I also have ways that I can teach them to literally have a tax free retirement. It's legal moral. It's not offshore. Uh But there are things you need to do for yourself. And you have the means to do it when you're at that level. Thank you, Amy. I think we covered a lot today, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> you, we never know where we're going to go.
0: Yes, yes. And I, I'm it. a very curious gal. I just get everywhere. <laughs> so, but thank you so much for your precious time today, Amy. And uh, uh, we just had this much time today with you. But if someone have to find you, what are the places they can find you? Like social media, your website. Can you just
1: go um, I'm on Facebook. The Secret Profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, my email is very easy. Amy at amyroseherrick.com is kind of the conglomerate for everything. Uh, if you put my name in a search bar, I'm going to come up. And of course, if you go through thesesecretprofits.com and you get the book, then you'll have a link that you can book a call. So I'm pretty easy to find mm-hmm. if someone really wants to find me.
0: Awesome. And I'm going I'm to go on Google
1: Maps, I think. So I, I'm there. <laughs>
0: You are like in all SEO, just Mm -hmm. (laughs) type in. And and I've
1: written a ton of articles over the years. Uh, I haven't looked in quite a while, but at one point I had something like 21 pages up on a Google search because of all the articles and things I was linked to. So I said, I can be found. I haven't yeah. changed my number for many, many years. Uh-huh. I still have my cell phone number from when I first got a cell phone back in Kansas. I haven't changed it because wow. it's on all these articles and everything. And I get calls sometimes for articles I read eight or 10 years ago. Wow, you
0: moved from Kansas. So you're totally in a paradise mm-hmm. right now.
1: Oh, totally.
0: <laughs> because Kansas is like no place. Like
1: uh, still have family there. Oh, you do. But, back but you know? it's. It's yeah, not it's home. Different. This is home.
0: Yeah, this it's is home. home, and I'm going to see you soon. I
1: Anybody hope so. To <laughs> you, you have a standing invitation for a, a dinner and a really nice, and, and an empty beach, oh. uh, folks. I'll give wow. a plug. You know, we all like tourism. Uh, yes. In the Virgin Islands, there are three. Saint Croix is the island you come to if you are a foodie. We love to eat here, oh, I love all different too. kinds of food. Wow. And we have the empty beaches. So you go down one of these little dirt tracks and rarely will you have anybody there. And so we're very laid back here. Mm-hmm. And the place pretty much rolls up at about 10, maybe 11 at night. Wow. <laughs> so wow. This is your really wind down, relax mm-hmm. type of a, of a place. And you can
0: be. do a succession plan with Amy there on the empty beach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, well, watch this. Um, um, uh, what I should mention to some of you is if you have an advisor and mm-hmm. it is necessary for you to travel to spend time with your advisor and you have business meetings, there are many opportunities where you can write off your travel, but I will just throw that out there is something <laughs> that you should know. And uh, for you, for example, um, if you wanted to have a meeting with some of your colleagues and you know outside of your mentorship, you did that. And of course, that's deductible. Mm-hmm. If there were three or four of you that wanted to get together and concentrate and you need to spend, you know, at least four to five hours a day together, mm-hmm. you can put your own mastermind teams together.
0: Yeah. Love that. Love that. Thank you, Amy, for being on my show today. I had such a wonderful time talking about our finances and I'm sure a lot of people got lots of, and I learned a lot. So I'm sure our listeners learned a lot. And uh, so Amy, thank you so much for being on my show today.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure. It was delightful to be asked. And if you ever need any help in the future, you just reach out. I will be more than happy to be a blessing to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Amy. So today we only had this much time with Amy. If you want to learn more from Amy, please do go to the notes section and you will find all the websites and link to her social media. And please, please show up in your life, make the right decision based on finances and numbers as we spoke today and not from your emotions to have a profitable and sustainable business. As Amy said, (laughs) take care, have a good day. I honor you for your energy and time to show up till the end and listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a minute to rate and review my show and share it with others who needs it the most. This would mean world to me. Remember your positive intentions, your presence and your positive energy is contagious to attract the positive result. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned until the next episode.